This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Joe Rimmer, your host, and I'm with three fresh-faced journalists, happy people. To my right, it's Theo Squires. How are you, Theo? Not too bad, Joe. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Yeah, happy to be back. I haven't, I haven't been in a podcast for, I think, about three weeks now. It's not really been much to talk about. No, you haven't missed much. No. Have you missed me? Yeah, always. Yeah, good. To my left is Kiva O'Neill. How are you, Kiva? I've missed you. Thanks, Kiva. How's the statue coming along? Yeah, people keep asking me, but I've actually messaged someone about it. So it's actually So the ball is rolling. They said something about maybe like getting like a mannequin and then like something about a 3D printer. So, the, you know, okay, we've we'll been emailing, place. things Fans, are happening. Yeah. Hopefully, like, like Everton did last week, you could unveil your big plans. Oh my God, at some be, point. we could do a whole yeah. podcast yeah. and yeah. To, I'll make like a little a little hut down downtown in Birkenhead and yeah. people can yeah. come and see the Public consultation. See the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and across from me there is, uh, is the tall man, Paul Ghost. How are you? Uh, I'm very tired actually, but I'm, yeah. I'm good to be back on the pod with you, Joe. Spent the weekend in Amsterdam. We yeah. all know what you've been up to then. Visiting Anne Frank's house and going yeah, to the yeah, Arts yeah, Museum. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. It was all very cultural. Um, yeah. Lovely weather. It was yeah. with your other half, wasn't it? So yeah. it was, I'm guessing it was a, quite a Not tame trip well. to Amsterdam. Um, we did about 25,000 steps on Saturday. Yeah. Um, so I'm very tired, but glad to be back. Nice city. Lovely, lovely, yeah. yeah. A lot of bridges. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, let's, let's move on to the footy. Um, t- is anyone else worried? I'm getting a little bit worried. Uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in in preseason. A good preseason precedes a good season. And Theo, yesterday watching the Napoli game and having watched the other games, something's just not right at the moment, is it? Well, uh, Sam Allardyce has been on Talksport today saying he's not worried. So I'm very worried because <laughs> of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, something's just not clicking. Like the back four that started the last two friendlies, that's the back four that won the Champions League. Yet yeah. there's no chemistry there at the moment, mm-hmm. and it's a bit simplistic to say, well, they don't have their keeper behind them. And you'd expect the front three to be blunt because it's not Liverpool's front three midfield. They're obviously finding their legs a bit. Yeah. They're all coming back at different times. Jurgen Klopp's saying he's not worried, but the season's what two weeks away now. You're playing Manchester City next week. If it's not clicking. Soon, soon there is that bit of concern going into the season because they're running out of time to get up to speed and when you think you're starting the season against Norwich on the Friday night it needs to come together now if you're not bringing any new signings after the two teenagers you don't have that lift from there so they need to hopefully um, with this week in Evian they can get it going there I think they went there last year had everyone back on the training pitch Klopp's done his press conference today I think the only player who's missing now is Mane so hopefully that's a step in the right direction and they can turn it around so there's a bit of time to pull it all together just yet Yeah, Kiva, we've talked a lot about their struggles in attack and uh, perhaps them being a little bit blunt at the moment and obviously uh, Salah, Firmino and, and Mane aren't back yet well, Salah and, Mane, sorry, Salah and Firmino are back today but they haven't played yet um, but is it the defensive side of things that is a bit more of a worry at the moment they're conceding sloppy goals yeah, I'd say so, but Alisson's not there, so you feel like that's a massive part of it. Like I feel like mm. if he was in goal, you'd just have that assurity in the defence as well. And we've got to remember these played such a long season and I'm not worried at all about pre-season. No. The games just don't, you know, affect me at all in terms of going forward. The Community Shield, I think, will be the most telling because it'll be probably... But then again, he might be resting players, so you don't know, but... I feel like he'll maybe it'll be a stronger and it'll be a more competitive match. Where this preseason we've obviously seen teams like Sevilla coming at us because you know we're the champions of Europe and they want, like I've said before, <clears throat> that feather in the cap. But I feel like against Napoli, it's I don't know, it's just it doesn't worry me because 
it's pre-season and it's a friendly and this is what it's for. It's about minutes and legs. And I think you can take too much from it in terms of like, oh my God, we're falling apart because the front three is still on holiday. Mm. And, you know, we we still got to got them to come back and you know it's I don't I think it is a bit of a, a hangover maybe and it's probably better to get the L's on the board now rather than when it actually matters because you know last season we went the whole Premier League season losing one game I think it's better to lose now you know that kind of like it felt like in the the domestic cups we got the, the losses the out the way line. and in the, the the group stages, all the three away games we lost, it felt like, you know, we, we got them defeats out the way in games that we should have probably won, but we didn't. And, you know, sometimes football's about feeling as well. And I think losing can be a good thing in terms of pushing you forward to win. And I'm not too bothered about pre-season. I'm really pleased that your glass is half full, Kiva. I just want to pick you up on something that you did say, though, which is the likes of Sporting and, and perhaps Napoli last night are teams that want to take Liverpool's scalp because they are the European champions. Is it not a worry that if that's taking them by surprise now, when they go into the season proper, every team's going to be approaching it like that? I think if you look at a small example of this is Salah, his first mm. year, and then the defences sort of catch on a little bit. Yeah. So he had a, a more difficult season because, you know, they were marking him more and sort of knowing what to expect because mm. he'd have, had all that footage and experience of playing against him. I think it's the same kind of thing. They know now how Liverpool sort of are going to operate this season as they did last. And, you know, it, it is, it's going to be more, like, it's impossible. I know City won the Premier League back-to-back, but before then, I think, when was the last time they it, it was Man United, often. maybe? Yeah, was it, yeah. And, you know, it doesn't happen often because teams, you know, other teams learn how to beat teams. And, you know, you'd always want to beat the, the champions, don't you? And I feel like Liverpool have to grow like get quick and wise wise up to her. Okay. Well do you think then, Gorsi, that that means that Klopp perhaps has to oversee a bit of an evolution for this team a little bit further. Last season we saw them become a bit more of a control inside. That the sort of gung-ho approach of twenty seventeen eighteen gave way to a, a more considered approach. Do you think this next season then he needs to add another string to Liverpool's bow? Quite possibly. I think that change was done to kind of keep Liverpool fresh for when the, the big moments arrived and you look at how they, they finished the season against Tottenham winning the Champions League in, in Madrid you could say that that was justified um, but they were kind of going through the motions earlier on the season with narrow wins against the likes of Huddersfield and, and Brighton or mm-hmm. whoever conserving their energy for when it, it truly mattered in games like Barcelona in the second leg of the Champions League mm-hmm. you would say that the club called it spot on um, so does he perhaps try and amalgamate the season before so to last season and, and then you've got like a, a team who goes hell for leather but is somehow still capable of being the best defence in the Premier League it's a difficult balancing act and that's when you are talking about you know a team who is who is the best in the world and I, I suppose that is what Liverpool are aspiring to be um, you could even argue that they are it now at the moment but it's um, it's it's a tough balancing act in terms of, of trying to get both of those uh, strengths to, to mesh, mesh together uh, and at the moment, cross pre-season, not a lot has, has shown that they're doing it, essentially. Um, the teams that they're playing, the Champions League quality opposition, aren't they? Champions League standard mm-hmm. teams who are going to be coming up against Sevilla, Dortmund, uh, Sporting and, and Napoli. Um, so it is a bit of a worry that the, the way they've been performing so far. The results don't really bother me too much, um, but the performances do. And, and so far, we've seen precious little of, of what we saw last season. Do you think... 
picking something up, of course, he just mentioned that they've played Champions League quality teams. Do you think, Theo, that sometimes in pre-season it's perhaps best to play teams that are a little bit stepped down so that you can get a few more wins on the board, a few more goals in the back of the net, a bit, bit, a bit more confidence? I don't think that's how Jurgen Klopp works. He was um, speaking earlier in the week about that they could have easily gone out and played teams that they're going to be 5-0, yeah. 6-0, 7-0. But they didn't want to look for that. They wanted these tests. Because I suppose it's one of those where you want to get your players tired in pre-season. You want them having to really work hard for it. And yeah, you might look at the results and feel a bit down about it. But then when the season starts, it's like you're almost a level down on that. So you push them too hard so they can go into the new season. But then like looking back to last year, there was that excitement that beat Napoli 5-0. They're a Champions League team then. Then we saw the difference when Liverpool faced them in the group stages. So pre-season results against these sides, that's another thing with Napoli. They'd have wanted to get revenge for that result. Um, they, they lost their place in the group stages after losing at Anfield. So it's all about that competitiveness there. Teams have always got they, their own motivations going into games with something to prove. I'll come back to you, Gorsi, because look, Kiva's confident, but I still need some convincing. And I know <laughs> you're doing a, a piece on this, so let's talk about it. it in 2008-9, Liverpool had a really good pre-season and then ended up having a good season, finished second. 13-14, uh, another really good pre-season. I think they were unbeaten, won the majority of the games. Good season again. Last summer, good pre-season. I think they lost once against Dortmund. Ended up having a very good season. I know you said the results perhaps don't worry you so much, but is there something in having a good pre-season before a season? Yeah, it would appear that way. I'm look, looking at the, at the other end of the spectrum where you're looking at uh, summers where results have, have gone against Liverpool and and it, it does seem to, to stack up and unfortunately I'm looking at um, Roy Hodgson's pre-season that they only had three friendlies because one of them was called off uh, one of them was a, a um, Jamie Carragher testimonial um, and the I think they drew one of those and, and, and lost two so um, that was possibly a, a bit extreme because we all know what happened with, with Roy Hodgson's team and whatever but looking at uh, Brendan Rodgers is, is the, the most recent one that I've looked at his first summer um, that was a difficult one um, off the top of my head, I can't quite recall now, but I think I think they've only they only won one of those games. That was the first US tour, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, way, yeah. and the um, they ended up well. They didn't win the first five games, uh, three defeats. Um, that started particularly bad. And there was a year with uh, with Rafa Benitez when they were famously beaten five 0 by Jurgen Klopp's Mainz. Um, that was probably the, the best of the bunch. Where Liverpool uh, started poorly, which included defeats to to Manchester United and Everton, the famous three 0 defeat. Goodison Park, and um, they eventually turned it around. Still finished twenty-one points off uh, league winners United, but um, finished third and got to the Champions League final. Uh, so it's not an exact science, but um, if you're looking at clues from history, it uh, doesn't look too good at the moment, to be honest. Kiva, you, is your glass still half full after all that? Yeah, I mean, when you're going to get relegated, like, oh. <laughs> I mean, we may as well give up now. It's the last Blood Red podcast. We're, we're turning it in. Goodbye. <laughs> um, no, look, you can't. I know it's looking back at that and, you know, the evidence is all there and I'm kind of like, oh, maybe, but <laughs> this team, you've got to remember, it's built up of winners now. You know, we, we've won the Champions League, they are winners, but, you know, certain players had that mentality, indoctrinated them in them anyway. Van Dijk, Alisson, they've got that, you know, not against Mignolet, but if Van Dijk, if Alisson makes a blunder like Mignolet did against, was it Sporting? He made another one yesterday as well. Yeah, I yeah. fell asleep. <laughs> Sorry to admit. Um, and if he makes them mistakes, he just moves forward and it doesn't seem to affect them where they feel like other players can affect them more. And 
I feel like going forward into the season, I don't think losses in pre-season would affect this Liverpool team as much as it possibly has done in the past. Fair point, yeah. And, you know, obviously other teams have been like buoyed by it and gone on and done, you know, been runners up like that season and stuff. But I don't think this team needs a good pre-season for them to do well or to not do well, if you know what I mean. Theo, I'm not completely being negative today. I'm not... I haven't had a brain transplant with Ian Doyle. I, the, there were some positives from yesterday. Some of the younger players look good. Um, and Harvey Elliott made his debut for Liverpool. And for a man with one hell of a haircut, he can back <laughs> it up because he, he looked quite decent. Is he somebody... He, he, I don't know, I just have a feeling about him. Is he somebody that I think Liverpool supporters should be excited about? Well, you think he's the youngest player of this squad by like a year and he's yeah. gone straight into the first team squad. So there's obviously something about him. The youngest ever Premier League player. And he's a winger, isn't he? So he's yeah. going to get on the ball. He's going to attack teams. And there's got to be confidence in those sorts and of a lovely players. Touch. Mm. Lovely touch. And you think, well, if you're 16 and you're going straight into the first team, it's not even going into the 18s or the 23s. Um, he hasn't had a chance to train with Salah or Mane, Firmino yet. But how much is he going to learn from playing along those three? And you think, well, he could have five years and he's still not even reached his peak. He's not even expecting him to be a first choice member in this team. So how much time they can have working with him, getting up to speed now. And if he's already shown those glimpses, he is a player you can get excited about. And to come into a performance where Liverpool weren't playing well against Napoli, their senior players were struggling, they were tired. And to be one of the livelier players in his, what, 10 minutes he had on the pitch, that was a promising sign. And it's just a shame he's come in at this stage of pre-season rather than the start of pre-season where you could have seen more than 10 minutes of him. Um, hopefully he'll get a longer run out against Leon, maybe a competitive debut against Manchester City. And then you have to get used to seeing him in the cup competitions. Might be one of the starring players in the EFL trophy as well. Yeah, he looks like someone out of V17, doesn't he? <laughs> he does, yeah. yeah. Um, and you, you described the men as, as a man, and he isn't, is he, for at least another two years? Um, Do you think even these two, sorry, and I, I, I know you're going to make a good point and everything, but all I can think about is V17. Do you think even these two have heard of V17? They're not that old. Is there they, baby, have you got to go away? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Christmas. I've not, but my music taste. You've never heard of V17? We've shown <laughs> our age and our, and our taste in music. Perhaps. Perhaps. Well, they, they, they had one of the biggest Christmas hits of all time. They did. It's up there. I sometimes listen to that when it's not Christmas. Do you? That's how good that song when is. When you're feeling sad. Yeah, just a little bit of it. You know what's actually <laughs> on a Christmas song? To, to, to divulge or, or divert. It's got like Christmas bells, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's about his brother passing away. Dale. I was about to say maybe just brought cheer you up. Yeah. It was already a negative podcast. <laughs> anyway, Harvey Elliott has now the V17 because um, they've not, been retired about 10 years before he was born. What were we saying about him? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, you mentioned then that he's a winger, but I, I always think with, with players who are that young, they don't really have a position until they get around about 19, 20. I mean, you're still look, you're looking at Ben Woodburn and, you, and you're still thinking of, of a best position for him, someone like Curtis Jones, even Keanu Hoover, who's played at right-back and at centre-back. Um, these young players are often versatile, so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. He he looks like a, a really talented player, doesn't he? Comfortable on the ball and, and maybe good enough to play in a number of positions. So maybe that was part of the thinking when they've looked to bring him in. And I know that um, he's someone who, who's basically going to go straight into the first-team setup rather than uh, being with Barry Lutz's 18s or Neil Critchley's 23s so uh, high ups for him and as they are for Seth Vandenberg it's not quite the transfer window that most people would have wanted but um, certainly more than one eye on the future for Liverpool um, and he looks like he's going to be a top talent to be honest looking forward to seeing him Cool well Gorsi said the T word so let's get into it um, Do we have to? I think we're going to have to aren't we? I think we discuss it almost on every pod and we go around and round in circles but people want to talk about it and, and I haven't really 
chat to see you guys and find out where you stand. I, I kind of was on the fence with it, you know, but I, I did think Klopp and Edwards, have, if they decide they don't want to sign anyone this summer, then they've earned the, the right for us to trust them. But as these preseason games wear on, I'm starting to think, well, new blood would be nice. Kiva, where, where, where do you feel on it? I'm now? still like, I go one side and then I'm the other. And as it sort of dwindles into August 8th when deadline day is approaching, and I'm kind of like, maybe we should sign someone. And I don't even know who or what position, but I'm just like, maybe we just need someone to rally the sort of, you know, people think of Man City have signed players and like, you know, just their squad seems like just the, the biggest squad ever, doesn't it? And full of quality. And you just think, you know, a lot of people I know are getting annoyed because fans are getting annoyed because, you know, we brought in two, a 17-year-old and a 16-year-old and they're thinking, you know, where are the big signings? But the other side of that is, you know, we have got this squad here right now and if this means Liverpool went big last season and in the transfer window at the end of the, the beginning of the last season, then maybe, you know, like Klopp said, they're going to go big next year and that might be more important now. You know, we've waited for those players before and when they come in, they just have a, you know, monumental impact and you know we might not even know who they are now but we could be looking in a year's time and going look who we've we've signed three like top quality players and you know it, it is a difficult one because I do keep sort of jumping one side to the other like maybe we do need to sign someone more like a like a you know someone who's experienced and you think of like back up left back things like that and you're like is is this gonna be a problem in two months time when a couple of players are injured and we've, you know, and we're, we're sort of like playing Fabinho in a position he's not meant, you know, them. Yeah, I, I know mean. we've got Milner and them players who are, you know, the versatile, they can't play anywhere, but you do kind of worry a little bit going forward. But like you say, I think we're in good hands and if it means, you know, Mbappe 2020, I'm all for it. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Theo, last three times they finished second, 2001, um, two, they went out and got everything wrong in the transfer market, Duf, Diaw, Shearu. Um, 13-14, they lost Suarez, set them back. And then 2009, sorry, 8-9, they lost Alonso. This year, they're not going to lose anyone. They're, they're going to keep this squad together. Um, is that the best bit of transfer business they can do? Well, Klopp said himself that it was all about getting players under contract. And you think, well, the fact they've had a whole window where they've not had anyone linked with moves shows how far the squad's come under him. And whilst they're playing in pre-season without a number of key players, they are, it's that cliche, isn't it? They're going to be like new signings when they do come back. And then you've got Roxley Chamberlain's like a new signing, Lalana. I know people roll their eyes at that one, but there are quite yeah, a few well, extra I can understand there. why. I can understand why. But then um, you think um, a whole way along Klopp said he, he would like one more signing we have the feeling that it's a versatile forward but then it's kind of looking at the moment now that it might not happen which is probably why he's playing uh, Genie Wijnaldum in that attacking yeah. role and that's something that Liverpool fans haven't seen before until this pre-season but then that's the play he was at Newcastle and he had such a good season in that attacking role got like double figures I remember him scoring I think it was four against Norwich City four, yeah. and that's an option there. Like that's, that's the good thing about in preseason as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good thing about Klopp's squad that he's got players that he doesn't really play them in these positions, but they've got those abilities. Like we saw Jordan Henderson last year suddenly let off the leash, and he's this really good attacking player. Um, Oxley Chamberlain was finally given this opportunity in central mid, and shows what he can do. And that's one way that Klopp motivates his players. So while you could argue that they do need to strengthen the squad. There are those extra options there that teams haven't seen, that fans haven't seen, that can go and make the difference. But one thing with the transfer window is, 
I've always said that I would like to see Liverpool sign another forward because it would take them um, forward in the squad. It'd give them extra depth. But when you think um, the players they've been linked with, there's no one that you really thought, oh yeah, they will go for that. But I think if you'd said, say, May, June time, when, um, oh, Liverpool will be linked with Frank Ribery, we'd have all scoffed at that. Yeah. Wouldn't have seen any sense in that. I'm feeling that position now, maybe that wouldn't be the worst move. Probably won't happen. But you think the 36-year-old, who's won a lot, brings experience. He's not going to block uh, Brewster's pathway. He's free agent, so they don't need to get it done now. Well, just... that, that's the one negative there. It will be on big wages. But maybe that's the feeling in the fan base at the moment. We are beginning to panic a little bit on the slide that you're opening your eyes at options that you wouldn't have previously considered. Yeah. So, man, is it, does it a lot depend on outgoings, whether you stand on it? I mean, if Harry Wilson sold, for example, and we know a couple of clubs are interested in him, if they get 25 million for him, surely, surely that's another forward off and Ryan Kent in some situation. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's another space in the squad. Surely then they will have to consider some sort of deal, whether it's a clever loan deal or someone like Ribery. Yeah. What do you think? Well, that, that's the issue, isn't it? I mean, Wilson's a, a pertinent one because all the noises where the club was going to give him a go pre-season and, and see what it was all about. And at the moment, it's inconclusive at best. Um, so if they are looking to sell him, they, they value him at around about 25 million. So you would imagine they'd have to get someone in, but... That's going to cost them upwards of 30 plus in a, in a summer where Klopp's readily admitted himself is never going to be a big summer full of pills. So, who's it going to be? Um, it's just it's, it's a difficult one. I mean, I w- I'm not surprised here that they're not, they're not going to be spending big because we've known for a few months now that that was never going to be the case. But I was surprised to, to find that they're not. They're not looking at someone, uh, particularly as they all mentioned there, about a, a versatile forward because. It, I think it's it's a big ask for Rian Brewster to step up and become a you know a Premier League standard centre forward at the age of nineteen without a senior appearance of his name. Harry Wilson, he's, he's played what one one or two games and they were like three years ago. Ryan Kent in the same boat, so it's 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 difficult because these players have got big question marks over them, and so far um, they haven't really answered them. So. Um, I don't expect Liverpool to, to spend big over the next few weeks, but um, Klopp's placing a lot of trust in these players, I think. I, I'm quite surprised as you are. I thought they might have gone for perhaps someone... Do you remember when they made a bid for Christian Pulisic? I think it would have been three years ago. Mm. Someone of that profile, a younger player with a good reputation who could have added something. Kiever, do you think they could still go down that route, especially if someone like Wilson or Kent leaves? I think the positive, like what, you know, if you want the, a transfer like that to come through, you have to look at Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and I've spoke about it before, he come in on deadline day. So, mm-hmm. you know, Klopp maybe has his eye on someone and maybe it does involve, you know, the outgoings of a couple yeah. of younger players to sort of, because we know about the net spend and all that thing. Th- these are a thing, you know, the, the finances and the way they've worked it. They've done a, a great job in the past few seasons. So you could possibly imagine something happening late on maybe um, and look at the the effect Oxlade-Chamberlain he just come straight in obviously the Premier League season had started then he'd I think the last game he played for Arsenal was in was at Anfield yeah. wasn't it in defeat and you know we we might see it just a surprise because Oxlade-Chamberlain I think took us all by surprise it was one so, of them you know a player that I think we were all happy to get and if he can get a sort of similar player like that, that's sort of under the radar right now, that just sort of comes, you know, has maybe been linked a little bit, but that can come in and just, you know, have that similar impact that he had in that first season. I know it took him 
a while to get going and then his injury and stuff. But he's going to have that impact as well. But to have another player that would, would be, you know, it would be great. It's interesting that you mentioned Oxlade-Chamberlain because obviously um, with the window closing um, before the season starts, they're not going to have that competitive game. But the next friendly is Leon. And one player they have been linked with is Maxwell Cornet. can play all along the front three. So um, maybe that is something they can do a late move for. Klopp's going to be able to have a look at him um, if he's back from international duty. And he's a player who's not been first choice for Leon. So he's that, he fits that profile, doesn't he? He's a young player who can offer goals, isn't expecting to go straight into that starting eleven. Could make sense. Theo's just throwing in random Frenchmen. He has been linked before. Yeah. He's, his agent's come out. Liverpool yeah. got linked either. to pretty much every Leon player, didn't he? He's not French. French. No, he's Ivory Coast. Okay, sorry. We've seen so many players linked from Leon, haven't we? After the apparently Liverpool had scouts watching one, one of those games last season. Um, so, what are, you, what are you suggesting? A, a little meet up before the game and get the deal done? Yeah, definitely. It's been done before. Why not? <laughs> well, Klopp was speaking at the weekend saying Liverpool can't compete with four clubs. He said there's four clubs in the world that can go out and spend whatever they want to, to improve their squad every year. Man City, um, Real Madrid, Barcelona and PSG. I, I've seen a few people then subsequently say that Liverpool lack ambition. But Theo, it's, it's, it's not about that, is it? I, mean, I think Klopp is spot on. And I think the point he was trying to make is that for what Liverpool needs, they'd have to spend a hell of a lot. And you don't spend a hell of a lot if they're not going straight into the starting lineup, do you? Definitely, and you think well, which players can actually improve this team? Like, if you say Liverpool could make a bid for um, Mbappe this summer, yeah. who'd you take out that front three to yeah. put him in? I'm not saying he's not good enough to be in. But That's it, all happening in 2020. Anyway, yeah, so. it's such a. Oh, so you're saying Salah's going or Mane? No, no, they're going to play with four. four. It's going to be from <laughs> four. four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll do like a, a three, three, four formation. Yeah. Yeah. Van Dijk has got it covered. He's like yeah. two players anyway. That's it. But yeah, you mentioned these big teams that Liverpool can't compete with. Well, they almost can't compete themselves because they're pretty much all under this scrutiny from the financial fair play rulings. Mm-hmm. Like with PSG, they're looking at having to potentially sell Neymar to get back on level terms. Uh, Manchester City, we know they're under investigation. Barcelona, you're looking at them and going, well, how can you get Griezmann and Neymar? They're having to clear the books with Dembele being linked with the move, Coutinho. Um, Real Madrid, God knows how they've pulled that off because they spent like 300 million this summer. Um, but then Gareth Bale that move falling through these are clubs that you look at them and yes they've got the players but they always seem to be a panic each summer that they need to offload players and the strength in Liverpool squad is they don't have anyone they need to offload they don't have anyone they want to offload so it's probably a more sensible way of conducting the business Do you think with FFP Gorsi it's just just a case of chance isn't it? Look I, I used to I used to I had a great parking space in the Baltic Triangle I used to say two hours no return I used to go into town spend, spend as much time as I want came back never get a ticket Man City, go out there, spend the money and think, well, let's see what punishment we get. Is it a case of like these big clubs, It's Man City, Real Madrid, PSG, Barcelona, I don't think they seem to care about FFP. Just just flatten the rules and just yeah. going for it anyway. They're like me and parking my car. It's, it's a bold strategy, just two fingers up to the rules, we're going to do it anyway and we'll take whatever slap on the wrist we get. But I suppose that's up to UEFA to, to get tough if they're serious about teams actually sticking to it, aren't they? I mean, I know they handed out a... Was it a forty million fine um, to City about five years ago, and, and PSG got a similar mm-hmm. amount? But that's like throwing a deck chair off the Titanic. It seems like that, isn't it? It's just slap on the wrist, and they're not bothered because uh, that is essentially a, what they pay for a squad player. So if they can just go and spend it, then why not? It's it's. I mean, Liverpool, as Klopp says, they've never been the type to go and spend those types of money, and I think fans might have got a little bit excited over the last twelve months when they spent. Um, 75 million on Van Dijk in the January and then 170 in the summer. But Liverpool have 
historically never been a team to do that. That was the one calendar year where they broke from tradition and admittedly it, it did end up with success, but Liverpool just don't don't have the money to be doing that every single season. Um it's not it's not a question of ambition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean but we all hear about these figures that come out and, and that they're all great, positive, huge numbers that Liverpool are, uh, you know, swimming in at the moment and what a kind of turnaround that's been off the field for Liverpool since FSG come in. But that doesn't necessarily translate to transfer budgets that are going to be available every year for whatever manager deems is, it needs to be spent. And at the moment, they don't need to spend it, let's be honest. Um, where do Liverpool need? Possibly a backup left-back and a, another forward fair enough but that doesn't mean that they're going to have to spend 150 to 200 million does it and a word of warning for City last time I parked there I almost got a ticket I, well, the car, so. I love how this has come to your head here that's quite a comparison it's a good analogy I think I think it works well anyway before we finish off Liverpool jet to um, Evian today um, Evian Evian yeah that's the French pronunciation um, anyway they, they will uh, they're there for a week and it's one of those Klopp's intensive sort of training camps uh, they play Leon on Wednesday um, Sonny Maxwell Cornell on Thursday yeah obviously yeah. <laughs> and Frank Ribery on Friday um, and drinking some really nice water drinking lovely water straight from hopefully straight from the source um, but anyway apart from all of that they will have Howard Salah um, Alison Becker and Roberto Firmino back Kiva does it all change when those three return yeah they just come in and that's it the home and massive massive boost I think to to Klopp to get them in and get a look at them and you know, they've all had great summers, haven't they? Well, Salah sort of not not so good crashing out of the... He looks like he's enjoying his time on the beach, though. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, nice holidays, rested yeah. and recovered. And probably a good thing that they have missed, you know, all the hectic travelling to America and back. And, you know, because we've got that to come with Istanbul, haven't we? So we'll save their, their flight points till till then. I, I hate the way people make out, by the way, that sort of flight, a flight is so tiring, isn't it? And they sit in like first class... And just watch some films. Do you I want, love, do you want to take an easy jet back from Amsterdam that was delayed? <laughs> <laughs> then you're really tired. Long haul flights are great. You just sit off and watch films. It's like someone locking you in a room saying you've got to sit on the couch for 24 hours and watch a film and you can have whatever food you want, we'll bring it. <laughs> I, I, I think it's like about that. blood pressure and stuff, isn't it? And is it really? Yeah, I think there's a medical side to it because I'm always... Okay. Fair enough. Take it all back. Just, I think, to have them back in the squad, it'll probably be... Will they feature against Leon, or will that be maybe a few minutes? Will that be too early for them to? You might want to. No, take I think a look they, they will feature. I think Klopp said this morning in his press conference that, that they will play some part. Um, they will probably, I guess, play Second towards half, the end maybe. of the game. Mm-hmm. No, he said this game, game was just so they could get some minutes. Yeah, so they'll feature, but but they won't be totally involved. Yeah, um, just look forward to not falling asleep and watching that one. I think, and yeah. that'll be you know because you are getting closer then to the season, so you can sort of cling on to it. And then, obviously, we've got a, a big weekend next weekend. Well, exactly, you're not getting close to the season after that. Friendly, uh, the season does start with the Community Shield. How important do you, do you think the Community Shield is? Because I, I sort of I quite like it, but I think a lot of people, some people, just disregard it and say it doesn't matter. It's you're just weird with your competitions. Friendly. Sorry, you're weird with your competitions. Why? Love the Community Shield, hate the FA Cup. No, I hate the, the cliche around the FA Cup. Well, let's not get into that now. I'll save that till January. But the Community Shield, some people just treat it as a glorified friendly, but I think it's a nice chance to beat one of your big rivals in the first game of the season. 
I, yeah, where do you stand on it? I did like how wound up Jurgen Klopp was getting in his press conference about not knowing that it was a friendly, like saying he has, he wants to take it seriously. Yeah. He was getting quite agitated by the suggestions that it's just a curtain race that no one cares about. He's won it five times in Germany, yeah. said, didn't he? He did. He made a big deal out of it and yeah. he was like almost annoyed that people don't talk about it as one of his successes. <laughs> so it's, like, it's good. It's that winning mentality, isn't it? Yeah. It's a good chance to get that silverware on the board early. Um, Liverpool haven't had the best record at the new Wembley, so it's another chance to go there. And it is a mental advantage if you can go and knock um, get a win against City like last year they beat Chelsea and you think well back to the first third of the season Liverpool, Chelsea and Man City they were the front runners in the league title um, so it is good to chance to go and see what you can do Gorsi I mean I, I loved it in 2001 when, when Julio used to claim that Liverpool won five trophies yeah, yeah. a year <laughs> yeah. I'm claiming everything the Western Union Cup the other day they shared Sporting yeah. That's half a trophy yeah. to me. So what, what, what do you feel? Well, people keep going on about moaning, saying Liverpool are in seven competitions. Why aren't they buying players? And it, it, does this count as a competition? Clearly people are pretending to put a lot of emphasis on it. So why not go and win it? Um, it's not so much winning winning the game. It's more who they're playing. If they were playing, you know, Wolves or, you know... I know what you mean. Yeah, if, if it wasn't Manchester City, I don't think there'd be that much stock placed in it. But the fact that they're playing against the the team who are expected to be the closest rivals for the title next season, um, then yeah, it's a game that that's there to be won. And, and I think if Liverpool do win it, it's it's a bit of a scalp. Um, if they don't win it, we'll all pretend like we we didn't care less about it and we'll move on. But no, it's um, just a glorified friendly. Yeah, of course. But it's it, it let's face it, it's a chance to to celebrate with a bit of silverware before the season's even begun. So why not go uh, go for it? If they lose, the, Kiva, if they lose, do you think that there's going to be a meltdown of epic proportions? I, I think if they lose, people will start saying, oh, let's see, they'll never win the league yeah. and this, that and the other. There was already a meltdown yesterday. I've been looking at tweets today, like replies to like Liverpool's official account and they're like, you know, sign someone and all that, you know, announce yeah. people. And it's like, just calm down, like chill out. We're all right. We're champions of Europe. We'll, we'll be fine. Like Klopp said today, you know, if... If they win it, then great. And if they don't, then, you know, we just sort of take it in our stride. I think you sort of, like I've said before, you get your, your losses on the board before the seasons. You know, we only lost to City, so if we lose to them at Wembley. We lost to them at Wembley in, I think it was 2016 in the Cup final. And I don't think it's that big of a deal. But again, it'll be, you know, great for us, like Ghosty says, to get that scalp straight away and that little bit of revenge maybe and so they can't next year when they win something just say, you know, formidables when it's like, you mm. know, it doesn't really count but maybe we'll just count it, it count, from now it counts on. It counts if we win it, win yeah, it yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Anyone got puns for seven? If they, got, they can be the formidables. Sorry? If they win all seven, we need a pun. If they can be the formidables. I'm confused. Oh, so it's Liverpool with seven trophies. Magnificent seven, I don't yeah. know. Seven heaven. Seven heaven. No, we'll come up with that even when yeah. it happens. It'd be outrageous if they do one won the lot. But Gorsi makes a good point, doesn't he, though, in the sense that these competitions I mean there's there's a lot of minutes involved for Liverpool this season. I, I don't that can't be denied, but Community Shield one game, um Super Cup one game, uh, the Club World Cup, which they, they're two, now playing in is two games yeah. at a point. Always two. Mm. Always two. So that that's four extra games. That's three extra competitions, four extra games. So that doesn't really change a great deal, does it? And and, it, and the first two, well, I think the, the uh, Super Cup's the same. They, they can treat it like a friendly game, can't they? They can bring on substitutes and, and whatnot. So it's not, they're not hugely labour-intensive, are they? Now, with the Community Shield, you're allowed your extra substitutes and you can just think, well, it's a normal away day to London. Um, and then, say, Club World Cup being in December, well, Liverpool normally go on a warm winter true, camp yeah. that yeah. time of year anyway. Super Cup Turkey, well... 
you're in Champions League duty, what, a month after that when you could be going to Turkey Champions League anyway. So it's, when you look at it like that, it's not that extra strain on the squad really. It's just where it moves the league fixtures to have that extra couple of midweek games. But the first two especially, they're set in the calendar so there isn't that extra strain. So Liverpool should be all right. And it can get that winning mentality into the squad if you could go and get your first two trophies of the season out the way by mid-August. So... Can you, can you imagine how much the mood will change of Liverpool when those two games in the Super Cup and, and the Community Shield and, and sign someone? Well, yeah. <laughs> if they sign someone, that would be yeah, the mood would be lifted a lot more if they signed yeah. anyone just yeah. you know, just for the sake of buying a player. Um, I know what you mean that those two trophies it, it means that you start and, and you beat Norwich. Those th- three games and the, the start of the season is totally transformed, mm. isn't it? Like, as long as they don't lose to Norwich, they're going to be top of the table on Friday. <laughs> Starters, you mean to go on? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. But we'll leave it there. Liverpool top of the table with a draw at Norwich. Everyone yeah. will be <laughs> everyone will be made up. Uh, we'll leave it there. We'll be back on Friday for um, a preview of the Community Shield properly. Um, and in the meantime, we'll have plenty more podcasts and um, plenty more to come ahead of that game with Leon. So see you then. It's a wrap. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.